Hey guys, welcome to the episode. It's the first episode of 2022. I hope you guys do enjoy the episode. We had the pleasure of having Omran Omar on. We spoke about his calligraphy journey, fitness, health, everything you guys are going to love. A bit about traveling for 2022. I hope you guys enjoy. You know, um, things about motivation. About so you like motivation and stuff? Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. I know you like did that. the Wim Hof video so that we'll touch on later. Oh like yeah, that, that kind of like, like breathing video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do a lot like of that stuff away from the camera. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. It's like, for me, like, it was an idea. Some of my friends like, why don't you just make a video? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nah, I don't know about that. I know you wanted to make videos, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, it's like, I try, like, the thing is with the videos, it's so, you guys probably experienced this, it's so awkward yeah. to talk to a camera. It but is. Because yeah. you're like, who am I By talking yourself. to, right? Imagine you're just like sitting, like, we, we're speaking here, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. When you're speaking to a camera, like, who am I speaking to? Like, that's mm. your mate or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so. Were you doing it out in public as well? Yeah, out in public, yeah. That's probably the weirdest mm. one as well. Doing it one-on-one is one thing, but yeah. taking it, like, have you recorded vlogs before? Yeah. Yeah. I did a few vlogs in that video. Yeah. Like the yeah, the breathing one, yeah, I think I've seen yeah. that one. <laughs> it's also people, like, it's not a normal thing nowadays. I think, at least in Australia, people haven't normalized. I think if you go to like LA or something like that, you'll see people with the cameras. Because everyone's That's like an influencer, basically. Yes, yes. But here in Melbourne, it's like the fact that you're holding a camera like this and someone looking at you. People look like at you. Yeah. That's what true. happened when you went to the restaurant? You took a vlogging camera and we're telling us that food? Because I've been thinking of doing vlogging and yeah, stuff. Beautiful. But that, so, that same hesitant feeling that you've yeah, been getting, yeah, yeah. I'm going through that as well. But anyway, every time I take a vlogging camera yeah. to any restaurant, I'm always getting free food. To the point sometimes... <laughs> that's, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's epic. Now sometimes at some points, like I didn't even plan to record a vlog. I just bring the camera from the yeah. Just pretend. Yeah. 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 I remember once we were rolling the camera or something and uh, the lady saw we were rolling the camera and we were just doing like a, like a mukbang basically. Yep. Anyway, she kept on going back and forth and she works there. She kept yep. on going back and forth, back and forth. And at the end, she just like peeped her head in and she just brought food okay. just so she can be in the video. I'm mm, like, wow, that's the best. I'm going yeah. to start doing this more often. Why not? Yeah. I, had exactly. some, I had some things like that because you take, I, I took so many takes when I was doing this video. Yeah. I actually done the second video, right? Yeah. You did? So the second okay. video, I was just, yeah, I never uploaded it. Yeah. So I was on and kids come up to you. Yeah. Oh, YouTuber, YouTuber. And then yeah. I'm like, man, I'm not a YouTuber. But yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how many followers you got? Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you, get, you do get a lot of people asking you. Yeah. Things like yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. Would you want to get back Would into that? Yeah, I'd want to do it. Definitely, it's not my priority list, but yeah. I'd, I'd want to. Do it. For sure. I think you should. I did. I did it to experience. I wanted to see how, like, what it takes to make a video. Mm. That's more. Did you feel uncomfortable in that process making? Yes, but when I put it all together, I was I was happy. With happy. You're proud, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the mad thing. Like, at the end, like, you're like. Yeah. yeah, I put it together. And I edited it by myself. Which ah, okay, yes. Yeah. I learned. Thanks so it's a, when you try new things, like you learn mm. learn something out of it. On the go. And some things you might think the editing, like, oh, that, that looks so difficult. How did that YouTuber do it? And you figured it out. It's like, that wasn't that hard. That wasn't that bad, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. All right. Oh, he still hasn't answered, like, who did he listen to with these podcasts and stuff? Like, yeah. you said oh, that helped. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. biggest thing. Um, yeah. uh, there's a podcast, Tom Bailey of Impact Theory. And health theory. Yeah, Bro, that's one I, I love. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I've, listen I've listened to all these episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. since I've been following him for a long time. You have a favorite well. from his? A favorite from or like his? One yeah, or two probably. Trevor Moore, I feel like. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. No. Yeah. I haven't okay. heard that one. I've seen okay. the thumbnail. He's yeah. one of my favorite like characters or, mm. or doctors in the field. Yeah. He, he holds retreats and things like that and teaching people how to use their mind to, mm. to heal themselves from yeah. disease, from different things they go through. Mm. Have you read his book? No, Are you a big reader? No. I don't okay. read books yeah. much. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I have an impact there. I've okay. had this like I had this bo- I had this book 
this is how much I don't believe. I bought this book. I'm like, I want to read this book. Yeah. Because everyone talks about reading books. Like, you mm. gotta read books. You mm. gotta read books. Yeah. And it's just been in my bag like for so long, for about like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I read a little bit when I'm on the plane. Blah, blah, blah. You like the idea like of the book? Huh? You like the idea of that? Yeah. Book? The, uh, yeah. Like I like the idea of the book, but I never opened the book. Yeah. yeah I like to listen to things. Um, speak to people, talk to yeah. people. For sure, for sure. Books is just one way to learn, yeah. and it's like five, six, seven different types of ways, you know, or yeah. thousands of ways. Just really what you know you resonate with, and especially like if you're on the road, podcasts are easy, yep. you know. And you kind of like sometimes you read a book and you read 300 pages, and only 20 were actually important. Yes. But a podcast in 45 minutes hit the nail on the head. Agreed. You might not remember it as much as a reading a book, but there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, 100. Yeah. You know? percent I think like the idea of this, I think people talk about books being so important. I think before all this social media stuff, mm. we had videos and things like that. Yeah, that's what I believe. Okay, yeah. books are still good because anyway, you like. All the histories in books as well. Mm. Yeah, that's where knowledge is. Like yeah. Islamic knowledge. What do uh, people say? Of course, if you don't know true. Arabic, you can't really study the din. Why is that? Because it's all in Arabic yeah. books, texts. You know. Yeah. So let's yeah. go, Ali. What do you got? Let's all right. So I got some icebreaker questions. We'd like right, to get to know you quickly, just before we start hearing about your journey. Yep. So we've seen, obviously, done some research on you. You've traveled a lot of places. Mashallah, we'll dive into that soon. So I want to know. I want you to recommend <laughs> one country. That for people to visit and people t- and to live in, and to live in both. Yeah. Mm. So oh, like actually, you do one visit, one. Living. Unless they're the same answer. Exactly. It's unless that country yeah. is like that good. Look, visit. I can. Uh, I'll straight away. I'll say Turkey. Okay. Okay. I love Turkey. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it's so vast. Yeah. Mm. So rich in history. Oh, history is rich. So much to see, and my bias of calligraphy mm. and the arts. Mm. Gotcha. Um, and if you guys been to Turkey, you would know. Like mm-hmm. and there's so many like you can go to Istanbul, it's a busy city. You can go to Antalya, where it's like mm. beach, more laid back, Budrum, mm. you know, with the views and things like yeah. that. So Turkey is a huge. huge can I ask why you didn't say live? Live because I've never lived. Like I, I stayed there for about four months, That's but I've never time. lived there. Mm. And if I never lived there, I think I can't. Isn't I can't four months and like yeah. living? I mean, no, nah, I think like living in Saudi Arabia now. Mm. Yeah. I realized like the first three months I was on holiday. True. Mm, true. So I you think don't until you really experience yeah. the country and gotcha. like understand what it means to live there, until you like let go of Australia being home and things like that. And that usually mm-hmm. takes longer than three months, basically. Yeah, I feel so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How about in Turkey? Like in Turkey, I always felt like I was on holiday. Mm. So you know, even I don't know. Do you speak Turkish? Oh, like I can say like. Yavrum benim. Kash para. Because you don't. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on languages, but you don't get a feel of the country unless you speak the language. True. You can only go so far because like you're limited. You're learning through someone's second language or third language. You know. Mm. Okay. How about living? <coughs> what living? comes to mind? Uh, so far, Melbourne. I like uh, because because I haven't like between Saudi Arabia and Melbourne, two places I've lived to live. I'd say Melbourne. Mm. Yeah. Okay, why? The biggest reason I'd say is because other than coffee. Uh, other than <laughs> oh, coffee, coffee's yeah. a big one. But I think the 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 presence of sort of equal opportunity in Melbourne in Australia. Okay. Where like we're such a multicultural mm. society mm-hmm. where there's no that statuses and Hierarchy. different like hierarchies and things like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that gives a person like gotcha. more opportunity to, to, to go after what they want. Yeah, yeah. Did you come to this opinion? After you had traveled to different countries and lived there? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's yeah, a new thought. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree to that. Mm. Well, okay. Okay. So also, if you could go out to dinner with too many people, dead or alive, who would it be? 
Two people. Yeah. Besides the prophet. Besides the prophet. Yeah. Mm. Two people that are alive, who would it be? You, if you want, if you need time to think about it, we can give like one one answer each, you know? Unless something comes to mind straight away, you know? Yeah. Maybe go, go for yeah. it. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. well. Not now I'm stuck. I <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you guys have any? Um, one thing is like, uh, uh, when he had a guest last week and he said the same person, I said like Malcolm X, because I'd love to just talk to him because obviously he passed away at 39, but he made a difference like, that we still talk about. He died in 1965. You still talk about him today. And he made a difference with really only being like a Muslim for like five to eight years. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about him 65 years later. That's it's like, huge. How yeah. did that happen, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Or 55 years yeah. later. How did that happen? How do you make a difference? How do you really make change? Educating yourself. What's Because he always talks about educating himself, reading, learning. It's like, but in what areas? Mm -hmm. What's important? Also like the power of speech. Because he talks about the importance, but not how to get there. Because he's limited. He was there for five, eight years, ten years. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to kind of ask him about that kind of thing, you know? Mm. I like Have the answer. You? I think I got one. Yeah. Okay. Taha. I think I'd love to meet him. He's alive. Okay. He's the one who wrote the Quran with his hand. Yeah. Oh. He's, uh, actually, someone told me, I don't know if this is true, but he got his Saudi citizenship recently. last week or something. Recently. SubhanAllah. Okay. So after many years. Okay. I think, uh, How hard would it be? Because six degrees of separation, he is alive. How hard would it be, do you think, to actually meet him? I think now it wouldn't be so hard. Okay. At the moment. To make it happen, bro. Yeah, man. I, I honestly, like, I'd love to. Well, I'd like, I'd, I've met a lot of different calligraphers. And yeah. uh, I'll tell you that story in a bit. But gotcha. He's, um, he's a person who literally dedicated his life to run the Mus'haf. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. that's all his time, what he does. And he works for the, the printing uh, the printing press in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And... I want to know what it is like to to write the Quran from from mm -hmm. top to bottom. The pressure mm. and the pressure, and you being the main guy in the world. Yeah. So when I was in Turkey, I met a guy, Khattat. Um, Yemeni uh, Khattat. I remember his name. I'll, I'll, I'll mention him. Yeah. But we went and visited him in his, in his house, mm -hmm. and uh, he was writing uh, the Quran, mm -hmm. and he said to me, "You know, have you ever written the Quran before?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I have. Like, I've written ayat and stuff." He's like writing the Quran. Is much so much more different than writing anything else. Mm. In what uh, sense? Because the 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 how the whole the wholeness of the Quran, mm -hmm. right? When you write the Quran, he's like you're writing word of Allah, stuff like that, yes. right? So he said you have to be in wudu. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to. It's as if you're you're praying. Yeah. To be in wudu, you have to be in the right mindset. Yeah. Even when you're writing the mushaf, yeah. you the amount of times you have to make sure each letter is perfected. Yeah. So you have that weight of the responsibility of writing the words of Allah. So True. everything has to be like precise. Yeah, 100%. So I was like, well. And he's like someone who's, he probably has written a fraction of what Uthman Taha has written. Yeah, so yeah. And if you were Allah. amazed by him, just imagine the conversation you'd have with Uthman. Yeah. Uthman Taha, yeah. Yeah. So is there a second person that comes to mind or just stick with the one? Probably that man there. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. What would you talk to him about? How he stuck to his roots so much, mm. you know, even when he got there to the, like the highest point of boxing, how he stuck to what he believes, mm. how he went against the grain. Yeah. That's mm. huge for me. Like mm. he transcended sport. basically. Yeah. I think like a lot of people look up to him, but like people don't appreciate what he stood for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I think if he was alive, subhanAllah, like Allah took his ability to speak before mm. he passed away. Yeah. I think it was if he was alive, not as many people like him. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he will be as liked and loved 
that's his. Mm. Yeah. So because he's ending the last 10, 15 years because he couldn't talk and stuff like that, why is it because like the... Outspoken nature of him? Oh, yeah, his yeah. outspoken the nature. Confidence and stuff, like yeah. The same way he spoke against what, for example, America was doing at the time back then. Mm. I think he'll speak against a lot of things that yeah, are happening now. And everyone in the well. world would listen to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. 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 But I think a lot of people just use him. Like we went to a networking night recently, like three weeks ago, and people said like three, three role models. Every mm. single person had Muhammad Ali. And in my head, I'm like, I know a lot about Muhammad Ali. Yep. Watch documentaries, stuff like that. But then it's like, do these people actually know his story or do they just say it? And that's mm. why I'm interested to know why you'd want to meet with him. Because yeah. sometimes it's an easy answer to give Muhammad Ali. It's like, yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Like, well, why? Like why? Exactly. Because yeah. everyone might yeah. have a different that's point. Because you, you think of Icon and you automatically think of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Mm. It's just a yeah. natural thing to think of. But he'd also be cool because think about a guy like Muhammad Ali at the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't know the pressure that he would have had to deal with yep. in the sense of being like on an iconic level. You know, like mm. you got your, think of this here, you got people who just like lead so small communities. Yep. Yeah. And they have that sort of pressure. Yeah. Then you've got like prime ministers and stuff. Then you've got that pressure. Then you've got like a global icon like Muhammad Ali. Like the stories that Muhammad Ali would have would probably mm. be like ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. True. That'll be a good podcast guest. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Well, the fact that even he was like, he was hated by so many people at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah 100%. And things like that. You know? And a lot of these great people talk about were hated and were like mm. riled and like pushed away from the people and things like that. Yeah. Even the Prophet, the mm. greatest example. 100%. Mm. At the time, he went through, especially in the time of Mecca. Yeah. And even after with the wars and stuff. Even yeah. the Khalifa. Yeah. And even the Khalifas after that. Yeah. A lot of these people were loved and appreciated after they passed away. Yeah. You know? He's actually so a, a calligrapher. Yeah. World renowned. And he's pleased to sell for millions of dollars. He was so poor. And he died poor. Because at the time, uh, the political like situation, mm. they didn't appreciate calligraphy as much. And he was one of the best. And all these works just after he passed away were... They start to, yeah. Start and now to it's value. Yeah, after he left. Yeah. They say that. They say, like, artwork becomes valuable after the person passes mm-hmm. away. Because, like, then it's like, you know, it's like Kobe jerseys. Yeah. You know? Like Kobe shoes M- and stuff like that. Uh, music yeah. as well. But yeah. yeah, music, you know? Kobe shoes, there's a shoe, the Grinches, that went for like $200 at the time when they first were released. Okay. Yeah. And now, I don't know if you really, well, ever since Kobe passed away, whatever, Nike had problems with his, um, like his wife took over like his estate or whatever. Okay. And yeah. then so Nike and his estate had problems and whatnot. Anyway, so his wife ended the deal or like Nike and what terminated their deal with Kobe's. So now any Kobe's you get, like they're just increased in price basically. Last ever. They're not making any money. So a hundred dollar yeah. shoe like a couple of years ago is like you can't get it for a thousand dollars. Okay. A thousand dollars is considered cheap now. Yeah. You know? But Van Gogh, I went to Van Gogh's exhibition in um in Loom the other day, yeah. You okay. should actually go. It's here in Melbourne. Yeah, okay, it's, it's nice. Yeah. And I'm thinking National of something. Gallery? Yeah, nah, it's at, not NGV, it's, it's exhibition at center. Loom, the exhibition it's center. You should go. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I went very, to one in Europe. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He there. said something and I'm trying to think of it. You know the whole point you just said about um, people not appreciating work till you're gone? Mm-hmm. He was saying some prolific saying, he said something along the lines of like, I have to bring it up here because I'm going to abuse it, but like appreciate the art while it's there rather than after time has mm-hmm. passed. Mm-hmm. i got to get it up because it was like beautiful and I don't remember nothing from Loom, I'll be honest with you, yeah. other than the sunflower yeah. and that saying right there, you yeah. know, because people don't appreciate things until it's gone, 100%. you know, but then Definitely. artists, they see the art or the, I don't know, the essence of yeah. that work, like in that moment. In the moment. Yeah. And that's what I love about calligraphy. Yeah. You know, when you, like when you write and I don't know if how many, how much people know about Arabic calligraphy, especially it's, mm-hmm. it's more a science than an art. Yeah. You know, 
every literal every letter has certain measurements. Mm-hmm. If me and Ali we wrote the same thing, yeah. right? In the same font, yeah. If we study this the proper way, yeah. we should our work should look identical. Should look oh. exactly identical. Wow. Right? So it's like every <coughs> single movement of your hand you appreciate. So that a thing of appreciating the moment yeah. works so well in calligraphy. If you don't appreciate every movement, you won't have a perfect output. Mm. Gotcha. Or close to perfect after. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like there's um, levels to it. Like for example, Ali and I knew no Arabic, and then we went to Jordan, and we kind of didn't know. Like for example, you grew up speaking Arabic at home, yeah. and then if I heard you talk Arabic, I'd think you're the best. Like you just know Arabic. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. then we go study, and we're like, man, there's levels to this. Because I was speaking with uh, Mr. So Samak. He came yeah. to Jordan, yeah. and then I said a word, and he goes, "Do you know the root word of that?" Yeah. And then he goes back about like, like a herd of sheep. I'm like, how the hell did you create that connection? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know any root words at the time. I was like a basic level. And it's probably the same with calligraphy. I'd look at your calligraphy and be like, mashallah, there's nothing higher than you. 100%. And you'd watch and be like, this was too thick. This was too thin. Ask my, when people like invite me to do like, you know, these like little mm. tables and write calligraphy. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Like, you're, just, you're scamming people. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is not true calligraphy. Mm. Like, yes, people on the street are going to be like, wow, this is amazing. But if I'm like trying to like write like two hundred names in an hour, hundred percent sure it's not going to be p- pure yeah. Arabic calligraphy. How so long like do you think a it would distinction take? Distinction between calligraphy, yeah, and art. If you had to take your time to make like a perfect name, like for example, you said you wanted to write Amran, how long would it take you if you want to make it like a? If you want to make it perfect, I mean something like that, it'll take me a few hours at least. Damn. Yeah, to write because wow. you're doing two hundred in an hour. That's what I'm yeah. trying to think. Damn. Because it'll take me a few hours because you're gonna write it. Then for for me at my level, I'll show it to my teacher in Turkey. Mm. Then he's gonna refine it for me. Then I'll go back. Then they we trace, right? So if you wanna make a final piece, you write it yourself. Then you trace over it, and then you do all the final piece. Mm. And then after you do a final piece, because you write with ink, um, you write with this like Japanese ink or you know Iranian ink. Your lines won't be perfect if you l- really look deeply. So then you have, we call it tertish in uh, calligraphy. Mm. It's the cleaning up after the, your, your write. Mm. So you write and then you clean up and you like you perfect it. Can you tell and us you a bit like, because there's no one I know in the Muslim community here that's into calligraphy besides you and your brother. Like mm. if I had to say, oh, there's another guy I'll call for calligraphy. It's like, I don't know any. So yeah. it's a very unique thing to get into, you know, to have it as a hobby, as a passion. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into it? Yeah. You know, when I was younger, so my grandfather... Allah he passed away. Allah he lives in Medina, right? Okay. And my grandmother, they live in Medina. And I we used to visit there every year. My dad used to take people to Hajj, so I used to go there to Medina. And I used to sit in the mosque and like look at all this calligraphy and um, in Arabic called Zakhrafa. What's Zakhrafa? Like the pattern work as mm. well in the, in the mosque. So I would look at it and I, w- I was always being amazed. So I thought it was printed, right? Mm. I thought it was just like printed, you know, they got it and things like that. Then my grandfather says, no, this is written by hand. It's actually like people who write with their hand and then it looks like that. And I couldn't believe it. Mm. I was like, yeah, okay, look, you can try. Get me, get me a pen and he, sh- he showed me how to write. And ever since then, I just fell in love because I have this love. And it's because I have this love for Medina and mm. the Prophet's Mosque. Mm. Even like now when I was in Saudi, I always visit and like mm. yeah. in the mosque and appreciate the calligraphy. There's a different type of Like if you just look up, a lot of people go to, literally I've seen people like friends I've uh, that I've been with, I yeah. tell them, "Hey, let me show you something." Yeah. Go to a section of the mosque. I look there. I'm like, I have never seen that before. Yeah. Like, yeah, because you just got you just have to look up. Yeah. So a lot of people even like looking up, Medina especially, 
throughout the Ottoman uh, era, mm-hmm. there were a lot of calligraphers mm. that were world renowned who came and wrote pieces, and they're still there in in Medina. No, yeah. a lot of old old pieces. Because we know the Turkish mosques are normally like have calligraphy and stuff like that. Yeah, but there's one thing appreciating it, especially when you're young. But how'd you hone on the skill? How'd and then and then I just came back and I just I literally just practiced myself by yourself. Like literally, I just like got sharpies and like textures ah. and things. You built it. I feel like what Muhammad's done himself as well after yeah. that. And I just I wrote I wrote I wrote. Then like we said, you know, people started inviting me to like you know festivals, things like that. Do on the Eid festivals and stuff mm. like that as a kid. Um, it was funny. Like it was actually so thinking back at it now, like being involved in business now. Yeah, I was like that's it was such an awesome business as mm. a kid. Mm. Man, I remember that one weekend mm. I made like three thousand dollars. No, <laughs> and you know what? Of coins. I'm like, I, I was, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about it once, like a like a little while ago. <laughs> I was sitting there and because um, it was so cheap, I made it like for three bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was Mercy Mission, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just like, all right, three bucks, my name. Right. So you, I probably like wrote the name for everybody in there. Mm. And, people so came and then I had enough money. To go to Sydney because they had the Sydney one the next weekend, <laughs> and then I just hopped on. I was like, "Oh, I'll just go make money." <laughs> I went Damn. to Sydney, and then like, and then you bought you tickets know? to come back to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so it was a good. It was so I did a lot of that, and yeah. I kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. Then I remember, and Subhanallah, like, I always appreciate this. I was like, "Where? How am I going to find a calligraphy teacher who's willing to teach me and who's of a higher level of calligraphy?" Mm-hmm. And I had no answer, literally. Like you said, there wasn't a lot of calligraphers. And the calligraphers in Melbourne, they've let go of it. Like I know there's this older Iraqi gentleman who's let go of it. Because they come here, they can't do work with it. Yeah. So they just put it aside. Yeah. You know, they go do labouring, whatever. Mm. And uh, another person who helped me was Sheikh Suleiman. I don't know if you guys know him. No. Uh, From what area? What's his surname? Do you know his surname? Suleiman, the calligrapher. He's, he's, he used to do like things in, okay. in festivals here as well. Um, my dad... You know, my dad uh, told me there's this guy Suleiman, this calligraphy, and he linked me up with him, and he let me do like a little few different classes and things like that. Yeah. But that was amazing, and uh, I always like, even though I haven't met him for a while, mm. I always think about him, and I thank him if he's gonna watch this, you know, episode. Hopefully. Um, after that, I just I was lost in my own thing. Mm. I didn't know where to go, how to do it, whatever. True, true. So true. then, how old are you, by the way, at this? In this, this like point, I was. So this this period of just me trying, I was probably like, since I was maybe eight all the way to okay, you're young, probably probably seventeen, eighteen. Gotcha, gotcha. Then, right. Yeah. So then at eighteen, could be eighteen or nineteen, uh, the Human Appeal International had mm-hmm. leadership tour, the first leadership tour. Yep. And so I applied, and I went right, and I went with these awesome boys, still friends still to this day. Um. We went on this journey, went to Mecca, Medina, mm-hmm. to Jordan, to Turkey. And it was beautiful. It was just like a fun trip. Didn't think any of it, nothing to do with calligraphy, right? No link to calligraphy. Then I came back here. And I got a call from Amr al-Jaman, right? Good friend from my NC from Sydney. And he told me there's this calligrapher who's coming to Sydney. He's doing the mosque there um, in Punchbowl. Yeah. Right? He built this, mashallah, this beautiful mosque in Punchbowl. Do you know what mosque it is? We're going to sit, sit um, the next week, so maybe we'll go have a sus. The boys are going to hate me for not knowing the name. You <laughs> can yeah. tell us later. We'll anyway. say yeah. 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 <laughs> so it was like in Punchbowl, and it was the design was 99 domes inside the mosque. Okay. So there's like little nine, 99 small domes around yeah. the concrete. Yeah. 
And so he's like, look, no. So he's like, oh, we need a laborer. We don't even need a calligrapher. Yeah. Just need someone to clean, you know, prepare, help the guy. Yeah. You know, like so I was like, all right, cool. He's like, you have to take time off work here. Two weeks. I was like, it's fine. Were you in labor? Oh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you made it happen. <laughs> <But> I, <just laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. I was like, was it involved? He was like, no, it's easy. You just pick stuff up, clean stuff up. I was like, oh, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, main, main, most of us cleaning, and I have a background in cleaning anyway. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's clean. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I went there, and the day before we started the job, there was a wedding, my, my friend's wedding. Mm. And I was sitting there, and then I'm going to come to me and say to me, come say hi to the calligrapher. So I'll get up, and, you know, it was like, you're lucky you're in front of me. And I go, and he goes, I go, Salam alaikum. He's like, Salam alaikum, akhi. He's like, I was like, uh, my name's Imran. And he was about to say his name. I said, yes, Haytham Salmo. And he's like, ma'am, ta'arif me. Like, an Arab, <laughs> do you know me? <laughs> I was like, who doesn't know you, Shia? Yeah. Who doesn't know you? I was like, you're one of the biggest calligraphers in the world. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's very humble. And a lot of calligraphers you'll find are very humble. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. He's like, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. He's like, likewise. He's like, uh, tomorrow we'll start work, right? And uh, I told him I have... I just mentioned to him that I have a little background in calligraphy. He was like to me, um, okay, beautiful. Tomorrow you can show me. So Put you on the <laughs> spot. That's pressure. <laughs> so I went, you know, the next day I come in the morning and I didn't say anything about calligraphy. I was so intimidated because he didn't know that I knew who he was. Mm. Yeah. So now the biggest, one of the biggest calligraphers is Hassan Chalabi in Turkey. He's yeah. one of his students. Yeah. So it's very much like the Quran yeah. where you get... An ijaza mm-hmm. from your teacher. Yeah. There's a ijaza from teacher. There's a teacher. There's a teacher. Yeah. They link it. It's not as strong as the link of the Quran ijaza. Yeah, yeah. But they link it to Ali ibn Abdul Radilan. It goes that far back. It goes that far back. He's oh. known as Imam al-Khattati. Yeah, yeah. The leader of the calligraphers, right? The calligraphers. True. He was the scribe of Prophet Muhammad as well. Muhammad Sallam. Yeah. So there's the link there. Yeah, and he had the, the most beautiful writing. They said. Yeah. yeah. There's actually like there's actually a scripture in a, in a hadith about about beautifying the writing of the Quran. So and till this day in Turkey, it is so like calligraphy is as as good as Dean. It's as special as Dean. Mm, like yeah. the way they like a teacher probably won't take money off you because it will say Astaghfirullah. Like why would I take money from something like that? Mm. So anyway, he goes. He, he sat. Uh, he didn't sit me down. I didn't mention anything, and I was watching him. You know, he's going back and you know I started cleaning for him and things like that. Then at lunchtime, I got, it, got us food and stuff, and we sat down, and he's like to me, so you said you do calligraphy? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, a little bit. If <laughs> 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 you know, I touched, I might have, you know, dabbled in it. He's like, to me, show me. He's like, oh, no. He's like, where's your things? Mm. Oh, he's testing you. Yeah. I go, oh, I didn't bring them. He's like, what calligrapher doesn't have his things with him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and until so this day, I have my calligraphy stuff. Always on you, yeah? Always on me. SubhanAllah. Then he goes, you know, which calligrapher doesn't have his calligraphy? I go, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't know I was coming. He's like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like calligraphy, it's it's either embedded in you. You see the lifestyle. Yeah. And you never like complete the journey. True. Then he said to me, sit down and write. He's like, I'll give you paper and I'll give you ink. Put ink and paper in front of me, and I sat like this, right? So I don't know. Some people write like this. I don't know if you guys write. So I sat like this, and I was writing. He's like, how do you see the letters if you if you sit like that? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I go like can see it from this angle he's like no no he's like if you want to see the right like angle you have to be sitting right in front of the paper it has to be right in front of you then you can see the lines and like things like mm. things i didn't think about yeah 
And then he's like to me, like your elbow should be close to your body, you know, when you write. So, yeah. you're, so your stick, so your your pen is not your only thing that writes. Mm-hmm. It's your, your pen that writes, your fingers that write, your wrist that write, your elbow that writes. And when he taught me, that's when I realized like there's movements you can only create or perfect. Have you guys, do you know how to make a perfect circle? No. Like if you want to make, like for example, if you want to make a big perfect circle, you can use your arm. Mm. Is your arm the same length, right? So the same, like the length from here to here. Yeah. You just go, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep the same axis. Yeah. Create a perfect circle. Uh-huh. So that same concept using your uh, limbs. Gotcha, to create gotcha. shapes. Rather than the actual wrist yeah. where your fingers are the pen. Rather than the wrist of your fingers, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said to me, doesn't matter, we'll start. And to just show you the kindness. He told me, I'll go to him, all right, I'll do, I'll clean the surface for you. I'll come right. He's like, no, no, I don't need you to clean surface for me. I can clean surface by myself. I have hands. Like, literally, like, you are, You think I can't clean, he's <laughs> saying. He's like, your job is to sit here and write. You have to benefit from me being here. I think he was here for two months. Yeah. So you write, and I'll correct your writing. And, uh, like, that's it. The rest is history. Like, we've two made this relationship. with him. I was r- two months I was with him. One-on-one. One-on-one with them. Like, um, he has thousands of students around the world. And one of the best in the world. One of like the best in the world. And, uh, so and subhanAllah, Allah. like, and, and that's why I always say you never know, like, where the qadr of Allah is, like, where, what Allah has planned for you and where it's come, where it come from. True, like, you'll true. try to, like, find your path and you're going to say, oh, I'm going to study this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go there. But then just, you find roadblocks and you find blocks. And, and sometimes you're just sitting there. Yeah. And you just, that's it. And also Place the idea of, like, taking opportunities because you could have had like an ego and be like bro like beat it i'm, I'm not trying clean. to clean someone else's yeah, thing yeah. you know what i mean 100 and then now well so your two weeks turned into two months two two weeks turned into two months you wish it was 10 months yeah. right because yeah he <laughs> told me you can stay with me the whole project yeah so then and the beautiful thing and the most important thing i always like value in life is relationships that's really thing that i built is relationship with him True. right and i really i learned in those two months i learned more than i learned in all my years of calligraphy how old were you then? I was 19, okay. 19, 20. Yeah. And then from then, have you ever had another intense, because I know you did four months in Turkey, I'm not sure if that was for calligraphy. Yeah. Have you had another uh, phase in your life where it's like intense calligraphy only? Yeah, that was, that was in Turkey. So okay. then he said, okay, you have to visit me in Turkey. So then I, I, cr- I, like, I planned the trip and I went to him. And how old were you then? What was the like years in like between? It was a year after. Okay. It was a year after. Yeah. I went to him straight away and... That time in Turkey was the most beautiful time I had, and that's why I love, mm. love mm. Turkey so much. Were you yeah. in a classroom setting in Turkey, or was it one on one? No. So he has his house. So he has a little office. Yeah. And literally, I'll come, I'll sit next to him, get the lesson, take the lesson, and I'll go in the back of the room, and mm. then I'll sit and write. And he has visitors, so he's older, and he just has visitors that come on the go every single day, and visitors from around the world. Mm. You know. True. And true. um. Subhanallah, it was I was so honored to be like that special to him. That makes sense. Mm. He just he, he was I was like his son, yeah. and he used to tell me, "Oh, this this guy, he'll tell me this guy's from Australia. You know, he's coming from Australia. Like they think this idea of like he's he's from Australia. He speaks English, but he's doing calligraphy. And, yeah. you know, most people do calligraphy from the Arab world. Yeah, and even we went to visit Hassan Chalabi, yeah. and that was another intimidating moment because he told me so. The first phrase you write in in calligraphy is Rabbi yasir wa la Mm. So, oh Allah, make it easy and uh, don't make it difficult and complete it with goodness, right? So we write this phrase before you write the letters. That's right? poetic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. 
and like I said, so spiritual. That's why you write. So before you even write the letters, you have to make a du'a. So you write that du'a out, perfect the du'a, and then you can write the letters. So he said to me, write the phrase. How long do you think I wrote that phrase for? Probably an hour or something. Are you buckling? No, no. How, how long do you think I wrote? Like how many times? How many times, uh, how many times did I repeat that phrase? Oh. Like 30? Way more. Yeah, I reckon. We're so I reckon hundreds? for the whole, huh? We're talking hundreds, hundreds of times. Oh, he was just hundreds correcting you each time. That's why. It, yeah, each time you correct it. Okay. So how it works is you start with um, yeah. the ra, he'll correct the ra, and then yeah. he'll correct the ba, and then he'll correct the ya, and yeah. then you come right, and then he'll correct all the letters. Finish, you finish the letters, then he'll look at the satar, the line. Yeah. Then he'll look if it's balanced, if the blank space is as equal as the full space in yarbiyasaratasi. And just refine, 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 refine till you can write it like with your eyes closed. If this is before you write the alif. So then you think, oh my God, mashallah, I can write this amazing lead. Mm. It's going to come back. Write the alif. So well, how long did it take you alif. to finish it until he said, good job? It took me uh, six weeks. So and he said that's that one phrase. And that's just, that's like <laughs> you pass. That's yeah, not like yeah. you're really like amazing. You yeah. passed it. Yeah. And now we start with the letter. Oh yeah, wow. and because um, I had a bit, a bit of a background, people usually start with the dot. So the dot is everything is built off the dot. Mm-hmm. So everything is measured in calligraphy through just one dot, mm-hmm. right? And shows you it's like it's that's it, the beauty of calligraphy as well. It's like it shows you that whatever how grand something is, yeah, just uh, some, something small, yeah, mm. little building blocks. It's like you have a picture; it's all pixels, mm. right? Like so. Um, we wrote that letter and he's like, let's go this weekend to Hazan Chalabi. And I was like, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> let's go. We'll have tea with him and your people. And he's like, no, no. We're going to take the, the writing to him. And show him. I was like, Ustaz, like, look, you know, I just want to meet him, take a photo with him. And like, <laughs> Instagram. You know, we'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. He's like, no. Hazan Chalabi, you know, this is opportunity. This is opportunity for you. I was like, okay. He's like, we'll go take the train together and we'll go. And we go there, and still I like I'm trying to imagine. You know when you go in somewhere, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Like mm. you're trying to imagine how it's gonna be. Is it gonna be on a podium? Is it gonna be sitting on a couch? Yeah, yeah. Is it gonna be like millions Start of people? I don't know. I'm room. like, oh man. I'm like, so we went, and it was like it was in this library, and all the students were sitting, you know, men and women, just and calligraphy, like his calligraphers, and the f- you start to like realize some of them, like you know, you you recognize some of them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, so I'm like. I've just got to see. And then they all start looking at me. I become the spotlight. Mm. It's such a small community. They're like, who's this guy? Yeah, true. Like, he, like, like, you know, the like they're looking <laughs> at you. Like. And then some of them say, oh, how are you? Oh, from here, from Australia. Oh, wow. Then the sheikh comes in. Yeah. Old man. I think he's in his 90s. Okay. He comes in and everyone stands. So much respect. Mm. And so I love, I learned from, from being in Turkey amount of respect they have for their elders for especially in the calligraphy world like like the respect is amazing mm-hmm. um walks in sits down people start bringing their work to him and i'm just looking oh, like beautiful pieces right and he's looking he's like mashallah chokuzel chokuzel but you know this this here and then touch here good good yeah uh, he's sitting here my teacher's sitting here i'm sitting here because my teacher is like one of his main students, yeah. close to him. I was even scarier. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> then Sheikh says, then he goes to the Sheikh, he's like, to him, oh, 
Sheikh Hassan, we have my, my student Imran from Australia. He's like, oh, mashallah. And he speaks Arabic. He talks Arabic. He's like, Haluka. In Australia, I'm going to Sydney. He's like, he, he has some work to show you. He's like, no, I'm Jeep. And he saw that I was a bit nervous. So he was like, <laughs> he saw, he's like, mashallah. He's ready to work. Yeah. I knew he was just raining it to make me feel better. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But that's, again, that's the respect. That's the character. That's the, that's the you know. And he goes, this is beautiful. And I'll, I'll, fl- I'll flip the story in a bit. He goes, he goes to me, but he gets a pen and subhanAllah, his hand shakes. He goes, this is how old he is. And he just, you know, correct, correct, correct. So he's like, you know, keep going on your journey and, you know, you know, we'll see you next year. Like, you know, better writing and stuff. And he gave me so much support, auntie. And I was happy. I was calmed down. Then a guy comes from overseas. Without mentioning countries. Someone came from overseas. Walked in. He was loud. He was like, he had this, uh, like, I wouldn't, call, like, I wouldn't call it arrogance, but like, authority. You know, pride. authority. Mm. His pride. And he said, Yeah, Sheikh, uh, you know, he comes to Sheikh and he's saying, Sheikh, we want to invite you to come to our country and stuff. And Sheikh's like, Calm down. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. Sit down and we'll talk. Mm. He's like, Yeah, we know we have, I study under this calligrapher and we, you know, we, he's trying to say we're calligraphers and we're like, we're honored to meet you here, but mm. we want to get you. And he's like to him, that's okay. Look, if you're here, you're here to bring, they have work, bring me work. Show me work. Don't talk to me about anything else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, tomorrow I'll show you work. He takes out, he takes out his work and it was decent. Like, uh, um, it was probably better than mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? He goes, life. <laughs> <laughs> like, just one word. Yeah. And I was like, oh, ouch. He's <laughs> 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 like, he's like, he's like, Sheikh, I want to get you here to look. And he, he mentioned something. He's like, we'll pay you. And the sheikh laughed. He's like, listen, we don't need your money. Anything, just go sit there. Okay? Give the guy tea. And that's it. Don't bother me. Too. He's like, they we're here to do calligraphy. We're not here to do business. True. Yeah. Mm. And mm. I was like, man, subhanAllah. And he was so sh- like harsh with him because of the way he was coming. Mm. Because in the before be. you speak, you even, talk, you even start calligraphy, the character you you present yourself with true and my teacher hasn't taken one dollar off me mm. in my life he rejects everything because literally like literally liter- okay if he wants to become wealthy yeah he could easily mm. that's uh, and this that amazing mm. how about mm. when he goes to sydney to do projects and stuff like that because obviously a mosque is getting him yeah. that's where he of makes course. his money because he's traveling it's time with his family yeah, yeah. he but makes his money he does like he does exhibitions he makes yeah. his money he does true, like you true. know but one on one teaching he wants to spread the knowledge so much that it's not for the money exactly he knows he can make it's like the guy that says oh, I'm, it's, I'm not doing this for business I'm doing this to benefit Correct. it's like I already have enough my house is paid off I'm here doing something for the sake of Allah hmm. he's 90 years old like money isn't like you yeah, know exactly. motivating him yeah. forefront of his Great. so it's, uh, that was that was the journey. So it came from nowhere, but like, subhanAllah. And that, in to a degree, taught you a lesson as well. Because you weren't like directly taught, hey, have the right character before putting a pen on a paper. Mm-hmm. But you learned it through that interaction with that person. I learned through an interaction. Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Um, and I think that's what I said. I value relationships and learning from people. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I find someone that I look up to, yeah, I try to like literally leech onto them and just get, understand why they do something, how they do it and things like this. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. people at a six who are successful. Mm. You know, when I say successful, let's just say materialistic, like it's worldly successful, you know, in their job or in, in wealth or anything like that. Yeah. You know, even a reason why now when I travel to Saudi Arabia, you know, w- the company I work for and our, cha- our chairman and what 
what kind of person he is amazes me. Mm. You know, he's a multi-billionaire, but he's the most down-to-earth, most beautiful mm. person. You know, yeah. I've, I've never interacted with, and uh, there's things like that. Learning because wha- it's what what brought them to that level. Mm. How did they come here, but still, you know, maintain a good high character? And when you have relationships with people, you learn more from what they do than what they say. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes when you just listen to a podcast, anyone could just talk crap and whatever. But then when you meet these multi-billionaires, the people that, alhamdulillah, you had the opportunity to meet people at the top of the calligraphy yep. world, you see how they act because you have the relationship. Yes. If not just word of mouth where you find out about this guy who's a bit, like has confidence in himself, stuff. You, he- you hear this stuff, you're like, that's not character that I want. Correct. And you see someone else, you're like, mashallah, that's the kind of characteristics I should try to mimic. Yes. Yeah, true. You know? Yes. Um, are you trying to like, I don't know if you want to open up on it, but like, mm. th- are you trying to take another step? Are you going, trying to go back to Turkey to maybe do more? Like, cause I don't know the levels in this kind of stuff. Like, yes. with Ijaza, yeah. what's uh, some goals for you, you know? I think... Well, have uh, you got your Ijaza, by the way? No, I haven't got my Ijaza. Okay. Yeah. Is it hard yeah. to do? Yeah. Yeah, like it's <laughs> well, it sounds it's, really mean, hard. De- look, it's like <laughs> yeah. if you dedicate your time and effort, of course, mm-hmm. it's like it's achievable and you do it quickly. True. I think because living in Australia and like traveling and coming back, I think if I stayed in Turkey for a couple of years, mm-hmm. that would have been more like more benefit to me. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I want to go back. Inshallah. And I was uh, I was actually talking to my when I was in Saudi talking to my teacher. He wanted to come down to Saudi, but because of the like because of Corona, he couldn't. But I really, uh, it's definitely on my on my I'll list. I want to go, Inshallah, and mm-hmm. I want to get my ijaza and. See, like, for me, ultimately, I don't want to work with calligraphy, but ultimately, ultimately, like, in the future when I'm older, inshallah, I want to be of, of a high level in calligraphy mm-hmm. where I can teach people mm. and spread, do the same thing my teacher was doing mm. and spread spread the art of calligraphy. The thing is, uh, just consistency. To be at that mm. level, where these people probably say, I've been calligraphy since I was five and I only became good at 65. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm. You know, so it's not something, it's just like, if you just stay consistent, you do these four months over time and... Especially, you're not. You might not want to be the world's best, but you want to be like your best, whatever that is. Maybe yep. living in Australia, so your standard doesn't need to be the same. Correct. It's like for when I was talking about Arabic. Yeah. We don't need the best Arabic speaker in the world who's memorized yes. four thousand books in Arabic. Mm. You, to be an Arabic teacher here, honestly, you don't need much because okay, the standard yep. is kind of different. Definitely. You know, I think calligraphy. A lot of people actually want to pick up the habit yep. and pick up the hobby. And the, but like you said, it's hard to find teachers here. You kind of uh, went on a journey by yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people, folklore people probably have to do the same thing. Mm. What's some ways you'd recommend someone to kind of like pick up the hobby just so they're good enough to do like what you did at the Eid Festival, at least for themselves or for their family? Yeah. What's like some steps they can take to do I that? I think here, like research Hashim al-Baghdadi. He has a book. Now, calligraphy is such an old art. Mm. New like apps, there's no apps. Like yeah. even the app that they have is rubbish. <laughs> but Hashim Baghdad is it's a kurasa, it's a book. It goes through all these letters, so it goes through the ijaza from start to beginning. Mm. So and there's some of his books that have the measurements to it. So just get familiar with the origins. Uh, first of all, read the history of, of calligraphy. Mm. Familiar with the origins. Look at the different fonts. There's only a few, and then look at the works of Hashim Baghdadi, mm. and um, the letters and Start practicing letters on its own. Mm. Start to get the rules down packed um, before anything. And then once you've got that, I think you're just set to travel. And I think your traveling is your huge, like, I'm all for traveling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think another big thing is sometimes people expect results to come quick. Mm-hmm. You probably know with the fitness industry and stuff like that, which we will touch on. Yeah. Someone expects I'll go gym for two months and get a body like whoever, yeah. you know, Zach Perna. <laughs> <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> for 
people that are inshallah going to follow on the tips you just gave what's like a time frame that they can kind of expect like i might only get good if i put in the work for six months a year mm-hmm. you know so is there like a number that's like i think after three months of intense work you should be pretty good of course like, like this to get the basics of calligraphy i think six months and you have a good like you'll be mm. familiar with the rules and things like that mm. okay and and then it's just a journey it's just like mm. a journey honestly like you you look back at each you look back two months and you'll be like that was a horrible letter that yeah, was a horrible yeah, thing. yeah. Like, and you always look back at yourself it's like that idea when you look back at yourself oh, i was stupid yesterday true, true, every time you know like you know yeah. so i think once you get everything down packed here the basics travel yeah and then you have that guidance from a teacher. Yeah. So, so you think you Turkey know? is a good place to go? Turkey is the best place to go. <laughs> yeah, best place to go. Best, yeah, for calligraphy, yeah. honestly, the best place to go. And people come from all around the world because mm. um, they still hold that art look dear yeah. to them. So question. Yeah. So you said the origin of calligraphy, yeah? There's yeah. an art to it. There's something more than just, I guess, writing. So what <laughs> is that origin, you know? Because I guess the whole idea of writing started with some guy getting a pen and conveying some sort mm-hmm. of information, yeah? yes? When did it turn into an art where people actually started to appreciate I think writing started as an art you know if you look at the oldest oldest writings and scriptures that were engraved into rocks and things like that there yeah. were drawings yeah yeah because how do i explain to you there was no letters right True, there wasn't so if i want to explain something to ali i want to draw like the pictures for him yeah me under a tree or something and the next thing he and then he'd be like oh yeah that's what he means so mm-hmm. i think that all, it was like more like it had deeper roots than what we have now mm-hmm. and that's how it started but in islam or in arabic calligraphy it has a strong link to islam mm-hmm. you know because it was beautified to write the Quran. So if you know, that's the sole, sole reason. Yeah. Right? So, and um, that's why when we write Ismail Jalala Allah, mm-hmm. it's written in this, it's unique way. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you, like, it's it's just different than anything. So it's exactly. been refined. Like, people have refined this thing to make to make it look yeah. as grand and as beautiful as possible. True, true. So I think like that. <coughs> then you have the letters that symbolize different things. Mm. So, you know, if you look at the Ain. The, the head of the Ayn has, if you, if you actually draw, complete the Ayn's head, yeah. it look like an eye, which Ayn in Arabic means eye. Uh, so there's yeah. a lot of sim- lot of symbols in inside the Arabic language and inside letters. Yeah. Um, and then it's also it also comes down to calligraphy and how connected they are to their writing. True. You true. know, what they want to portray, depict things like art. Yeah, yeah, it's a form of, art, a form of art as well. Yeah. yeah, but it's got that science component to it. Definitely, because I was going to say before, like when your teacher was critiquing you in regards to when you're writing that, yeah, that saying there before, because you know how a lot of people say, "Yo, I'm become an artist, this that," and like even though my art might be rubbish to you, to me it's beautiful because yep, it's my yep, form of art. Yep. Is it the same with calligraphy, or there's like a set standard? It is the same, but like we said, it's a science. So he's critiquing critiquing my theory, right? So ah. the theory of calligraphy. Is every every letter has its rules and things like that. Once you get that red like down packed, yeah, then you're allowed to explore yourself. True, you're allowed to you're allowed to innovate in it. You you know, and if you get to a high high level, yeah, you can even create your own font for yeah, you. Like, you could be but, a pioneer. but you have to, yeah, get the basics down packed. True, and that requires patience. Yes, mm. you don't. You have to. This look. There's there's a movement now. Like, oh, okay, like of just do calligraphy with a wild way and stuff like that. Yeah, it's. It's like you can't argue against it. It's not like it's not like a religion. You have to follow. It's like mm. it's, you can't argue against it. It's like mm. to be it, but it just it hurts to someone who knows classical calligraphy True. and what people have have done in the past and what they went through. Yeah, to bring us what we have. Mm. Yeah. Did you doodle as a kid when you were in yeah, class? Heaps. 
yeah. I still do it all till this day. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just, that's just the random side question. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that as well? Yeah, I do that all the time. But yeah. I realise people who have that artistic nature, they've done that growing up type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like my sister, for example. Yeah, she's Allah Mubarak. She's Shalom. a deadly artist, you know. Yeah. She might listen to this podcast and actually find out. But I rate her work highly, yeah. you know. But I realise like with artists or people that are into like calligraphy and whatnot, yeah. They always did it on the side. It wasn't a thing to present to people. It was their way of like expressing yes. some sort yes. of um, feeling or emotion. Yes. Or they're trying to get a message across, you know? Mm. And it's very, very specific. But yeah, it's just it's side It tangent. is. Like calligraphy to me, mm. most of the time I feel calligraphy is not when I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's how I feel. It's a hobby. You know, or what I'm feeling. If I'm feeling, especially if I'm feeling down or upset. Yeah. That's the first thing. I have to take care of my calligraphy a good friend. Because I, I, I feel like I zone out from the world. True, true, I can true, let true. all these problems I have and everything around me, and I can just delve deep into the thing. And true. I usually put some kind of like, you know, poem on to listen to, mm-hmm. or instrumentals and mm-hmm. things like that. True, so true. In in Turkey, obviously, like you know, like instrumental music is huge. Mm-hmm. The old and things like that. So. True, true, true. I wanted to transition into the 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 nutrition, the health aspect of you. I know you're not just okay. a, a a calligraphy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to transition to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we've known you for years and you've always been the human flag guy on Instagram. <laughs> you know, there's a human flag everywhere he goes. But you've been into fitness for years, you know, yeah. you've been like 2013, 14. I remember you started. Pretty much like out of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like straight, you've been always into fitness and health. Yeah. And like you were PT here in Melbourne, I remember. Yeah. But then how did that transition go from being a PT here, posting videos, taking clients that I think... Uh, was the gym 12, 12 rounds? 12 rounds, you were training there and stuff like that. And then you go move all the way to Saudi and you've been there for the last year, yeah. being like a PT, running the gym and stuff like that. Can you tell us tell us a little about how you transitioned from being a PT here to going to the other side of the world? It's not that, you know what? It's not that interesting. <laughs> 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 Honestly, like I've always like, I've always done things at random, mm. like literally. Like I applied to it. So I, I went on, on Google, all right? I wrote fitness jobs in the Middle East. <laughs> randomly, right? Randomly, just it's I was always sitting. Been on your mind. It was, it's always, I, w- I would say, it's always been in the back of my mind. Before I left, before I left, actually, uh, early 2020, before the lockdown, I traveled overseas, went to Sweden to my cousin's wedding. Then I went to Saudi Arabia visit my grandfather. You really are a wayfarer. You tr- I travel. Love, I, I love to travel. Yeah. People say to me, oh, people say they hate. Like you know, I love traveling. Yeah. in the airport, being on a plane. Why okay. you do calligraphy? Yeah, <laughs> 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 I do calligraphy, right? <laughs> I just, you know, like, honestly, like, even like the interactions you have in the airport with people, mm. just things like that. It's, I love, yeah. and, and then obviously being gay, your destination, exploring. 100%. I love being somewhere where I don't know what's going on. You oh. have to be observant of things. And things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I went there, and when I was there, I saw a few different gyms, and I had this idea. I'm like, you know what? Melbourne's just oversaturated with gyms. Like, there's a gym in every corner, and especially with Corona, gyms were closing down. Yeah. Our gym that I worked at was clo- uh, closed down. Um, my business got a huge hit because um, of the closed lockdown. Like, yeah. and I have no staff, and it's like, True. I was like, okay. And plus, th- or when when that happened, you realize how the industry is, the industry can get affected so quickly, and what it's lacking. Yeah, before it's just when it's up and running, you're like, you don't. When everything shuts down, you're like, oh, okay. I don't know if you guys probably like in lockdown, you drive past and everything's for lease. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I felt bad. It's like, so small businesses. it's crazy. So then I was like, when I was there, I was like, okay, Saudi Arabia, you know, was so like conservative. 
now there's just gym popping up. It's all this thing that's mm. like fit, like like any type of fitness we have here. Mm. So I just had that thought of working in Saudi Arabia. But then when I came back here, I was sitting in my room. So then I was like, fitness jobs in Saudi Arabia or like in the Middle <laughs> East. Mm. And I started applying this this one job um, caught my attention, which was a, it's like building a luxury wellness center. For first of its kind, you know, in the world. Luxury wellness. Luxury wellness center. Okay. First kind in the world. Getting trainers from all different. It's just the ad seemed, like, you know, interesting. Yeah. And I applied. Met this uh, lovely lady named Angela, like, and then a guy named Adam. It's like, you know when, uh, like, interviews go so well? You just know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, like, tough. Like, yeah. like it was just, it just, it went well. Everything went just well. Like, you know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it so just easy. Then, as soon as I got the job, we went into lockdown. We couldn't travel. Okay. You know, without exemptions, we couldn't travel at the start. Remember, I don't know, yeah, early 2020. Mm. I stayed a whole year in Australia on the promise of one guy yeah, named Alan. He's, our, he's, our, he's pretty much our boss there. He started the gym in Saudi Arabia. Um, he said, I give me my words. A guy you've never met on the other side so of the world. Never <laughs> he's, he's an African dude and he's like, he's like, Omran, I'll give you my word. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'll trust you. And um, <laughs> then, yeah, then a couple months later, I'm, I don't even know if I have this job. Technically, I have the job. Yeah. I don't know if I have it. On Alan's well, word. Yeah, and uh, on Alan's no word. And yeah. Alan is an amazing character. He's like <laughs> driven, like, and I say African, when I say African, you know, like, that like that energy, yeah. that Afri- you know, that, that he's from Cameroon, I think, and you know he's always giving you quotes and motivational speeches. Yeah, and he's he's like, full of life. Even when he had the first interview with me, he's like, "Omran, yeah, he's like, nice to meet you." He's like, "Tell me what you want to do here at Core. Core is our is the gym we're working." I was like, you know, my experience, blah blah. blah. He's like, "Listen, you know," he's like, "Just disregard all that. Yeah. It's all about the energy you bring. <laughs> you know, the drive." <laughs> You want to become successful, you know? It's like it just those yeah. kind of things. And yeah. I, I loved him. Like, he couldn't, he was so genuine, he couldn't make it up. Like, yeah, yeah. I loved him, I loved him. Oh and, um, yeah, then he came back and he's like, you know what? I gave you my word, I'm a man of my word. Let's Fine. go. This was the end of end of 2020. Done my papers. Flew over to Saudi Arabia. Didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. Yeah. But it looks, looks cool. Mm. And then I got there and um, it was just... Uh, in Jeddah, it was this gym, right? And it's fancy. I walked in. The first thing I walked into the garage, I saw Bentley's Ferraris and yeah. Rolls Royce. And I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's luxury. Then you go upstairs, you know, everything, equipment's luxury and things like this. So we were a really small group back then. Mm. And, you know, they were talking about expanding the, the gym and how they want to build all these things. And and it happened like that. SubhanAllah. And that's when I met... met you know, the chairman of a company and mm. an amazing people that I uh, consider as family and friends. Now. And this was your first, like, job opportunity overseas? This was the first op- job opportunity overseas, yeah. yeah. And how was it taking that transition of, because you said you visited a lot of countries, but then it's, like, a different story when you go and stay there long term. Like, how yeah, was that settling I think in? I think the first, like I said to you, the first three months was, like, a holiday. Yeah, I assume you so. Know? And I think because I don't process things that well before they happen. Like, I'm the type, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to Saudi. I'm going to Saudi. Like That's good, though. And you know, I'm just... Wha- yeah. What did your parents say? Because I know your grandparents said, I'm Medina, a different city. Yeah, so a lot of them were happy, you know. Okay. My, like my grandma was happy. Yeah. Even my mom, she's happy. I want to be close to family, and I'm going good, to Saudi good. Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. And my mother, like, you know, she's... Uh, 
She has a close relationship, so of course, with the Quran and religion and stuff. And yeah. Saudi Arabia is an Islamic country, so she she loved that for me yeah, to yeah. be a place where you can go to the masjid. You know, you have like obviously we can go to the masjid here, but like you have that then going off. Yeah. Like you have masjid every corner, you know. So she loved that aspect for me. So she was happy for me. Um, obviously, my father supported me as well, as he does in all every everything yeah, in my do. Shout out to him. And um, yeah, so it was it was easy. And for me, it's like let's just go. Whatever I find there, I find there. If like if I don't find anything, then I'll just come back. Yeah. Or so go you're, just, you're willing to take a new experience. Yeah. You know? yeah. But also, because last year, how old are you now? 26? 25. 25. Yeah. You're, you're, you're 24 years old and you make the decision, you know, like you're at a stage where you've been out of school for like six years. Mm-hmm. Did you have that doubt? It's like, okay, I studied, I finished my degree. I'm here. Is this going to be good for my career? Not? Is it going to delay certain things like marriage and stuff like that? Was all this stuff happening in your head where it's like, you know, is this a bad time? Yeah. Or you're like, no, I want a new experience. I want something new. Boom. Good question. No, it didn't. Because I don't, I, I feel like I don't look at my life as like, as a structured thing that I have to hit these milestones at certain points mm. in my life. I think like, for me, and it's, it, it can be a good or bad thing. Like, I don't I don't think it's a good thing. But like, you know, even if I studied for 20 years, I'll never regret that. You know, even if I didn't get a job through that study, mm. it's like that study was an experience in itself. You learned so much and you, you took so much from that thing, right? That That's it. It's an experience. And the next chapter begins because you always, I like to look at life like backwards, right? If you look at, uh, like, if you speak to a lot of older people and look at where they, what they've achieved, what they think when, and where they at now, their life didn't go as they planned at all. You know, they went through so many trials and tribulations or they went through so many difficulties that they didn't inc- they didn't think they, w- they would encounter, right? Or they started this job, then they went to this job, then they ended up here or you speak to people who's, who've lived different parts of the world or people who have struggled with marriages or have had, you know, drug issues or whatever it is, people's struggles, right? Yeah. And every single person has those struggles, right? So to think that, oh, it's going to delay me on something. You don't know like what's going to happen in the next step. So I feel like for me, it's like, I've always been that person who just let me just go True. and just do it. Would you consider yourself an impulsive person? Yeah, big time. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. It does. It's a double-edged sword. It has yeah, it its is. downside to it as well. Yes. But at the same time, you wouldn't have had all the opportunities that Allah and Barak that you do have. Yes. you wouldn't have met this person. You wouldn't have met Alan and yeah. whatnot. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's I would have met these amazing people. Like, I would have seen another side of the world. Mm. Yeah, people, and he showed me that you know a lot of things that they're achievable. You just it sounds you like know. it because like even meeting people that are like in the like one of the best calligraphers in the world and getting the opportunity and you know, like like you said before Allah is the best of all planners Correct. and he's got it and you have no idea what's going to happen yep. how about like obviously you've been out of school for that long you know you graduated uni how about like with your friends because sometimes you hear oh Amran's in Saudi and you're like it's not that big of a deal you know talking about your story or your calligraphy and then comparison's a big thing has there been a stage where you're in Saudi and you're like damn maybe I should go back home Maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Or even seeing your friends who have kids and stuff like that. Did you compare yourself? Or do you have that faith that like, I'm on my own path? I've... Sometimes I'll compare myself with things that, are about that I want to achieve. Okay. You know? So something I'm, I'm going for that I haven't achieved yet and someone else has achieved, then you'd be like, okay, oh, he's there or he's done that. But I'm, again, I'm huge on everyone has their own path. And um, I feel like um, I, I'm the one in the group, like in my friend's group, that keeps reminding people, like, 
it's not that bad. Mm. It's all right. Like you'll pass this, this stage in life. Yeah. You're not in competition with anyone else. Somebody buying a house doesn't mean they've, you know, that they're an amazing you. thing or they're ahead of you. Yeah. Somebody getting married doesn't mean they're ahead of you. Somebody having kids doesn't mean they're ahead of you. True. Everyone's at their own thing. So you've got to really look at your own story. Like, like we read all these books, but we never read our own book, right? So we never open up and see, look at our past, look at what we've achieved, you know, and appreciate what we've achieved. And then really like see what next thing we want to do, but in our own book, not someone else's book. Mm. So I've even coming back, like seeing and traveling. I always want to travel, learn things. I like try to bring it back to my friends and family and try like try to share it with them, saying to them like, you know, it's not that bad. How crazy is it? As soon as you come back, you obviously miss Melbourne, you miss family and stuff, but you come back, you're like, nothing changed. <laughs> I don't know if you thought the I same. I think thing. this year, I think this year because of the lockdown. Yeah. But like, no, no, a yeah. lot of things for me, a lot of things have changed. Especially so? being at this age, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone, people are getting like you know, this person's getting married, this person's getting yeah. this, yeah. and a lot of like, I think the biggest thing is marriage now, are like twenty five, mm. twenty six, yeah, 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 even yeah. yeah. Like all my friends, like you know, even people yeah. like oh, I'll never, I'm not right, man. Yeah, and but you never know. Six months in, yeah, they find someone and then they can't stop talking about that person. What happened, bro? what's it like though being on such like an individual experience traveling to turkey and then like going to saudi and joining alan or whatever Mm. yeah because you're on this individual experience usually people go through life and usually at these ages where they're so like attached to a friendship group and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah how did were you did you have friends going into all of this (laughs) <laughs> Did I have friends? Yeah. I was, I was like alone. <laughs> nah, I always have... Because um, you come off across as a person that's very, very comfortable in their own... Place. Yeah, like their own space and chill, you know, to be like, yo, I'm going to get up and go to Saudi one moment, yeah. you know, rather than overthinking it, thinking, yeah. yo, what's my friend going to think? You know, you obviously, because you've yeah. got a supportive family where they yeah. give it to you, but a lot of people deep their other forms of relationships, you know, and then yeah. that ties them in that moment and it actually stops them from taking further opportunities. Yeah, I think... All of us, like, I know you guys can tell me as well. At this age, we sort of know who our friends are. Yeah. You know, who are, who are our real friends and then who are um, not our real friends. And sure, sure. You know, people who want the best for us and people who don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that filter. Yeah. I've always had those, you know, f- three to four people who are really close to me. True. And we always stay connected, you know, even if we're overseas and stuff like that. And they're always supportive of what I do. Um, but then you have those people who are like, who are not, who say like, oh, that's stupid. This is, you know, this is um, what you're trying question to say. You're questioning you it. But I just, you just like, you just filter those people out. Mm. So I do, I always have, even though I'm always alone, like, I have, yeah, a lot of people who support me. Mm. I like that, yeah. yeah. And I think, like, but I, but I like to, like, keep a lot of my personal stuff to myself. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm just that, that kind of person. And I love to travel by myself, be alone and stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. But again, we all have that social aspect. Yeah, you have to. But I like to, I don't know, it's weird. I like to keep it at a limit. True, true. Like, you know, you just, we hang out, we talk, we have a good time, we share ideas, thoughts and things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, like we're on our journey. Exactly. Yeah. We have so a goal I think in mind. And that way you can, I, I think I do that. I learned to do that because I, I'd like to interact with a lot of different people. Mm. People are like, oh, you always talk, you have so many friends, people know you, like people, like just, you talk to everybody, you know. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, if you just give a little bit. Yeah. A, to a lot of people, yeah, I think that's you can build your network. Your, your circle, your network. True, it's true. also about like yeah. you don't know what you're going to receive from that person. That they they might say a life like a life story or experience, and that might change your life. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Their perspective, hundred yeah. percent. I always Help. say I never like we all judge, but one thing in my life, like I try to like just 
even if something I don't like a person or I don't like something they're doing, mm-hmm. there's something you can take that's good for them. Always from a person. Always. Yeah. There's something you can benefit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like like I said, in Australia, like we have a multicultural society and things like that. But when you travel, you see like, you know, some people think that they're much better than other people based on their wealth status, whatever, things like that. Yeah. And um, it's it kills people. Yeah. It really does. You know it brings people down. You know when you were saying before, when Ali asked you the question, what... Um, what was the question was about countries or your favorite place to actually live and whatnot? And you're rating Melbourne up there, yeah. I related I related that back to, you know, when we came out of lockdown, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I missed the most about Melbourne was like the dynamic, the atmosphere, because mm-hmm. everyone is so easy getting along yeah. to each other. And Shredo and Melbourne opened up. I remember going to like Melbourne Fashion Week and this that, and then meeting new people and networking with them. Yeah. You know, and that little aspect of it all was taken away from us in COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. I just I just rated that. I thought I wanted to chuck that in. But yeah. another question, random, yeah, on the spot. So before the podcast, you were telling us about coffee. Yeah. Oh, coffee, yeah. What's your go-to coffee order? My go-to coffee order, if it's with milk, if it's if we're in Melbourne, yeah, it's a oat latte. Oat latte, yeah. Right then. Um. Otherwise, I'll just go for the espresso. Espresso, it's like mm. a <laughs> double shot. I rate that. Love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So I want to know. Let's talk about your fitness journey because I've always. Like, I don't know many PTs, to be honest. Yep. I'm thinking about it. And also, I think to myself, what's their fitness journey? What's their goals? Is it is it solely, like, based on numbers? How does it work? Mm. Let me just throw this in. If there's any PTs in Melbourne, in your in your audience, who are willing to travel and work, um, yeah. We're hiring at the moment, so I recommend yeah. if they want to Where can reach they reach you, me. by the way? Where can they reach you? Um, they can email me. I'll... Put in the link or something. Yeah, yeah. Ahmed can do all of that. Get off your phone now, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll get the yeah, links up. Yeah. Yeah. So it. how does it work? Like with your fitness journey and like, are you experimenting with yourself? Like, I don't know, cold showers or like Wim Hof breathing. That I've yeah, seen I'm huge on that. You're a big calisthenics guy. Do you try and power lifting? What do you ch- do? You change up your routines here and there. You know, I like I like reading on and trying things on health mm. and longevity, right? Things that can help you. Live a healthier, better life, right? Not necessarily build a more aesthetic body. Mm. And I've always been like that. And people who know me, like at the gym and stuff, they know I never do a structured like bicep day. Bicep day. I've never, I've never like you see me. I'm not muck around with the machine, but I'm like, it's not my thing. I don't like reps and sets. But what I like is like, how do I make my body like optimal as much as I can, mm-hmm. of course, where I'm, I can stay healthy. Like stay strong, yeah. flexible, things yeah. like that. So you, you're like, you know, you can have a wide range of things, you know, a holistic view on, on exercise. So when you do, when you can do yoga, do yoga or do breath work, do breath work. Um, and I have a lot of people say, ah, oh, that's like, it's rubbish. Okay. Breath work, you know. Yeah, it's gay. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it's yeah, yeah honestly, it's like, true. but if you've actually like, if you see, you got to let go, let go of all the like, misconceptions or like shackles with like you, things in the past that you've learned you know oh this is your yoga's for girls or this is for that or whatever Pilates right just go into things with an open mind mm-hmm. right and then you'll you'll be able to be able to um take more in but yeah so for example like doing a bit of breath work right um because that's the origin of everything breathing it's the most basic thing a human needs yeah. um you, you should know. read um breath by james nester or if not, Sus's podcast with Joe Rogan. Let's see the Joe podcast. Let's see yeah. the podcast yeah. I'll, I'll give you his What's podcast that? with Joe Rogan. Suss it, and then you can read his he's book. A, he's a, he does breath work? Yeah, yeah. his entire yeah. book. Like, And um. if you see breath work, it's so vast. So mm. many different types of breath work. 
what people like you can get into different states through breath work like mm-hmm. um like for example uh i learned how to hold my breath in that video yeah right when i did it underwater it was even more like amazing how quickly your body can adapt yeah so how can you change the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your body yeah, yeah. right so th- for me that's huge yeah. like if you understand the body like if you can do that right and wim hof right he goes into ice cold water <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah. sits there for so long nothing happens i think in, and he has i don't know if you watch this video he was injected with like a, a bacteria or bacteria mm-hmm. and it usually brings on shivering and different kind of side effects yeah. and he, nothing happened to him yeah. and people are like no nah, it's not science it's how you like that's how you react no people your body will react differently based a lot based on how you in- inhale, how you take in oxygen, and how your what you state your mind is in. True. Yeah. You know, that's where panic attacks come from. A lot of people have panic attacks from yeah. what they're thinking, right? Yeah. So literally, what you're thinking can create change your physical state. In your breathing. You know? yeah. And I went through that a lot, actually. Like, uh, I remember how long ago. I think first year uni, I had I went I had anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And I had these panic attacks. I think I self-diagnosed myself. But I think it's true. <laughs> but I had these panic attacks, you know, and usually it'll happen in weird places like shopping centers and things like that. And the more I fought, I tried to fight it, the worse it will get. The hard to get out of it. You know, the first time it happened was at university. Mm. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was eating a pizza. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was eating a pizza and it was exam time, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and that time I was into exercising to like just, I was just like, you know, youngsters just eat whatever. First year uni. And then all of a sudden, I walk downstairs, feel dizzy, blah, 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 heart rate is fasting, blah, blah, blah. I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. In my mind, I didn't say anyone, right? Yeah. I remember <laughs> there was this Asian uh, security guard. He's like, what's wrong with you? And I go, it still works. Yeah, though. I was like, oh, I think, you know, actually, actually, I think I told him. I think I told my heart. He's like, you have a heart problem? He's like, you know, I can't remember. It's so cheesy, but he's like, yeah, because too much click, click, computer. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, he's trying to link like the heart with like the opposite side of the body. He's like, yeah. too much click, click, don't click, click. And then I was like, I was like, you know, it made me laugh. And then I was like there and I was on the ground and I'm shivering. And I was like, you know, what's happening to me? First time. Oh, you fell down. I, I didn't fall down. I sat down. Like okay. it's not that dramatic. Like, I didn't. I think <laughs> I was a bad thing. No, I think I, I was causing it myself. Mm-hmm. Ambulance came, checked on me. Like, no, you, you're right. Like nothing's happening. Just a panic attack. And they're like, we'll take your hospital in case. Took me to hospital, do the ECG and everything. Same thing. After that, things started to like get a little bit worse. I had acid reflux and things like that. And yeah. I was feeling lethargic and tired, and you know. And I'm like, man, like, what's happening? Like, what is this? You know, you just Google your symptoms, and you're like, what the hell's happening? Then, I was like, I started. That's when I started to delve into Joe Dispenza and different doctors, and uh, um, what's his name? David Asprey, I think his name is the bulletproof coffee guy. Mm-hmm. There's different people who mm-hmm. like, you know, alternative health and yeah. stuff like that, and just trying to take what makes sense to me, yeah. and I transformed everything. It seems like, like you have you know? a holistic approach yeah. to health because sometimes like bodybuilders, they'll, they'll lift strong. You see them bench 140 kilos and you're like, mashallah, they look good. And then you tell them, come play soccer or let's go and for a hike. Out. 15 minutes later, they're gone they and stuff like that. So yeah. it seems like you want to have like control over your body, breathing, health, eating mm-hmm. and stuff like that. For people that want to approach this, sometimes all you find is bodybuilding. 
powerlifting. Correct. And it's not the holistic approach to health. Do you know any places or people that would be good to go listen to, go watch YouTube videos on so people can kind of find out more about it? Because sometimes mm. they want to find that routines. People like routines in the gym, mm-hmm. especially when you don't know, because you're a PT, so you know form, you know reps, you know rest days, you know eating, you kind of understand that. Yeah. People don't. So do you know a place people I can maybe uh, go for that? I think like overall researching, like really researching different things is is a great start. But looking at, for example, I'd say the calisthenic side of things, right? You can look at people like... Um, Austin. Austin Dunham. Or you have, you know, um, Austin Dunham and... Uh, do you know Brother Fattis? Brother who? Brother Fattis. No, who's that? Okay. You're going to show me. He's my is guy. He's a calisthenics guy? Yeah, but he's Muslim. That's why. He's from in Canada. That's a bit of both. Yeah. Okay. But whole body, everything, eating, nutrition, sports. Oh, beautiful. I'll show you his box jump. Bro, he's a guy as well. He's in the gym. He's not doing the basic sets and reps. Mm. He's doing these. He's I think I think it's about, yeah, and I think it's about experimenting. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, that's that's that the biggest thing. Like, even like, it, when you ask me that question, like, I have all these names that come in my mind, but I can't like... Put it to one thing. Because yeah. Omran is a build-up of ten percent of ten people. Mashallah. Like I, I feel like yeah, it's like a bit, even like when I, I'm the, uh, like I'm so impulsive. Like you said, like I go in the car, and I want to listen to a topic. Right. No, I would just randomly. I'll, but I have a feeling like okay, I want to listen to this topic. Yeah. It can be the most random thing. Like I was listening to um, Jordan Peterson when I was going like, like it could be some random topic, right? But I think experimenting. And being inquisitive is going to be your best bet in anything you do. Curiosity. Yeah. And yeah, curiosity. Having an open mind and just learning. And even when you're like, oh my God, I'm so sure that's the thing, that's not the thing. Mm. And I do this with everything. Like even when, when like growing up as a Muslim, even with Islam, you know, I was, I learned, okay, what's the existence of God? Why, you know, why do I believe God exists? Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, what are the different aspects? What are different religions? What do they believe? Why do they believe that? Not saying that, okay, they're wrong, halas, they're wrong, 100%. Because once you say, okay, they're 100% wrong, you just literally put like a blind over yourself. You become ignorant. You know? A lot of people disagree with this, but I'm a big believer. Like, just remember the blind? No one said you have to become Christian or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But just learn. Mm. At least understanding from their point. Understand their point of well. perspective. You don't have to agree with them, you know, because what? How are we going to speak to someone? Because in the end of the day, right? We're all the son of Adam. We all come from the same thing. Mm. Yeah, Muslim, Jew, anything we are, different, whatever we are, we're all brothers and sisters in humanity, right? So we all literally want the same thing in life, mm. right? And when you travel, you guys travel a lot. Like you see this, right? Mm. Doesn't matter where you're from, but yes, what you've been taught. And the Prophet talks about this. You know, when a, a person's born. And his mother or father would make him Jewish or Christian, mm-hmm. right? So they all want to live a healthy life, safety, family, blah, blah, blah. But they've been taught these things that they hold on to. Now, if they don't go on a journey to discover, like St. Manu Pharisee did, mm. they so will never find it. Theological so differences. Yeah, so when you're speaking, if you're speaking to like a Christian, if you never learn what they learn, if you never understand what they say, how are you going to speak to them? Mm. On what basis? And tell them Islam is right, that's it. Can't convince someone like that, but I think uh, understanding, is, you know, knowledge is power. The power, mm. and to a degree, you get more appreciation for what you understand. Yes, for, uh, no, not for what you understand, what you already know. Yes, type of thing. I remember we were getting Adnan Rashid, uh, yeah, and when uh, he was from Hyde Park, yeah, the guy yeah. from Hyde Park. We got him on an episode, um, and half of it is like understanding how someone else came to that thought, 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because we're so like naive in the sense that like I'm right, don't worry about what they think. Everything. I remember like once at work, like you grow up knowing that you can't eat pork as a kid, yeah? Yes. And it's like when someone asks you, hey, so why can't you eat pork? You know, because it's like a dirty animal and they chuck random facts it's yeah. the cleanest animal, this, that. You, you sound, you feel stupid. You feel stupid, 100%. Yeah. Believing is one thing, but actually understanding why you believe that. Yeah. Is also and that's why questioning everything you've been, you've been taught. Yeah. Looking down, down, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Looking into it and find the answer. Sometimes you won't find the answer for a long time. Mm. But I think, uh, uh, you know, in society, like, if you don't have the answer, it's looked down upon, you know. If you, if you don't know, if you say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The most powerful words you can say. So if somebody asks you, I don't, I don't know. It's and it, it ties into health a lot as well. Like someone asked me, like you know, this diet thing, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, yeah, but your PT, like you study sports science and stuff, and yeah, but I don't know because what do we know from the body? Well, how much do we know of the body? Mm. You know, we can we know like such a small percentage of how the body works, and that's why different things work for different people, and even in health and in fitness, like now working as a personal trainer and things like that, mm-hmm. I always get my clients to experiment and find their own way that works for them True. in training in in, in eating as well mm-hmm. there's concepts we know so obviously calories in and out we know that what what uh, you know eating your cal- over your calories does sure. you know calorie balance so okay we can use that to track we can use that but then we don't know what foods do to uh, like what foods have an effect on what mm-hmm. on your body and let's try it. Some people are allergic to some foods. Some people may. Some people get bloated for some foods. Some people don't. See a skinny guy. He eats like my little brother. Smashed down a pizza by himself. Still skinny. Yeah. No, Muhammad's a bit chubby now, but like, <laughs> Asman. <laughs> yeah. It's true, but Asman's so skinny. And yeah. but it's like why? Because there's more to the body mm-hmm. than just pumping weights and eating healthy. True. There's hormones. You know, women have their menstrual cycle that affects their their thing. You know, there's stress, and stress is huge on people. Just you know, there's um, there's this ta- there's this uh, speech everyone should should listen to on on YouTube. It's like why zebras don't get ulcers. What the doctor's name? Amazing talk. Why zebras don't get ulcers? Don't get ulcers. Okay. And uh, you know, speaking like stress, people like put that aside. But stress is a hormone that's been proven, yeah, to have physical physiological changes in our body, yeah, where it can bring on disease and ailment. It's huge. Yeah. And if we don't like try to look at the aspect in health and fitness, we're missing a huge part. Like I said, we could become bodybuilders mm. but we're unhealthy. True. Or our, our heart's not healthy or things like that. So stress. And that's why and, and what I love is like looking back, revisiting Islam and looking at what we've been taught and you'll be surprised. You know, this whole talk about fasting, you know, the Prophet he says in the hadith that, you know, that enough is for the son of Adam. Just a morsel, a few morsels of food. Mm-hmm. The hadith then says, I, then if he cannot, then he should be a third, a third, a third. But we'll, what we hear is a third, a third, a third. <laughs> but just just to hold him up, just so he has strength. Yeah. Now this idea of you know fasting, intermittent fasting, what does what the lack of food does to your body, it benefits. You know, we fast in Ramadan and things like that. Prophet always you know ask Allah to remove from him alham wal gham, you know, al hazan, sadness and being um, preoccupied and being, you know, like um, depressed and things like that. Prophet asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to move them away from him. So these things, like, they're so powerful. But again, we, we've, we've just got to revisit, keep revisiting, you know, uh, what we've learned prior. We'll find, we'll find great benefits in it. 
it shows that like for a lot of people sometimes we realize we've got some people and recently we got Almir Kolan for finance stuff like that a lot of times people think they can get all the answers in one podcast because everyone wants the short quick fix and then now yep. talking to you if you've been in the fitness industry for nearly 10 years yep. it's like it's a journey you're not even going to get fit in three months six months like to like the goals you want it takes time yep. you got to be patient and you got to experiment because we all have like different body types and stuff like that Definitely. so it's good for people to um, it's, good for, but it's, it's, it's good for, to experiment and then it's good to have a strict like a, a plan to put forward mm. to achieve a goal mm. right but you always know that after you achieve that goal you're going to have another goal that you want to achieve always yeah. you know and after you achieve that goal you're going to lack in something because you achieved that so for example if you do like a lot of let's say uh, yoga for example you're going to lack in your pulling movements for example mm. you know there's always going to be a lack somewhere. Mm. So, and even when I, when I say like a lot of a lot of my clients now in Saudi Arabia are women, and they talk to me about this, oh, I want to achieve this, this you know this weight, but they don't know what that weight is going to mean to them. Because when they reach that weight, then they're like, mm, I want like lose more weight. True. I want to change this. I want to change this. So it's like mm. you always just having that perspective that yes, stick to a goal, be disciplined you know, in what you're doing. But then always know that there's a longer journey. True, so. true, true. Okay, interesting. 100%. I wanted to end it off with two points because obviously first episode of 2022. But you spoke about meeting, obviously, like people that are top in the field. You've traveled and stuff like that, even with your parents being uh, trusting you to kind of do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have like um, an advice that stuck with you from when you're young? Like what's the best advice you've ever heard? You know? The best advice I've ever heard is probably along the lines of you rise by lifting others or you like you know you achieve things or greatness by bringing other people up you know um and the second one is probably uh and this is all stemming from uh, the hadith of Prophet <laughs> when you give sadqa it doesn't decrease your wealth mm. and I think those two things I've lived by, I've tried to live by. So, in my life, like, if if any if anything's important, if you say to me, "What's your the purpose of your life? What do you want to achieve?" It's helping as many people as I can, mm -hmm. lifting them up, because like again, it goes back to looking back. You know, I always say, if I was older, if I was on my deathbed, what would I, what would I be thinking? What's going to be important to me? Mm. So that's for me. It's like yeah. It's lifting others, and the people I've always looked up to are those people who are helping others, others and yeah. and and trying to you know bring everyone up. And it's sometimes you realize like the people that don't have the expensive cars, the houses, but the people that help people the most are normally the happiest. The happiest people. You know, that's exactly. like in a in a generic sense. Like a yeah. lot of times you see someone who's sixty, seventy, and they're just so happy and peaceful because they're like I helped so many people. Mm. Uh, you know? oh, I believe 100%. Like, subhanallah. You know, and the last thing is, what's like the worst advice you hear in your industry? You know, that's maybe we'll talk about fitness. Fitness. You probably see a lot of fitness influencers on TikTok. But in general, like regardless of TikToks, like just in your industry, you know, or you hear people say. The the worst advice people say. Mm. So many different. I mean, overall in, in, mm. in fitness, it's it's cutting carbs or cutting something that's, that's natural. Mm. Okay. You know, with yeah. like a straight out, like cut this. Yeah. You know, go keto, go cut cut carbs, cut this. This is how you do it. You know, all a lot of fitness trainers and the thing is like our industry is very competitive. 
huge. And when it's competitive, people like to just, they like to be the peacock of the room, like, you know, I'm the smartest dude in the room. Mm. This is how you do it, you know. But the smartest guys I've, I've talked to have people will be like, this is a way to do it. There's another way to do it. Mm. Maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, maybe it's... So the, the, like that cut off, you know. Mm. Because it's such a competitive so market, people need to stand out. Correct. You know, like, for example, we see with, like, soccer coaches, all the time they're making up all these drills, like, do a backflip and then do and a then pass. Like, there's <laughs> no need for any there's of that stuff. Definitely. But that's what they do because, like, I need to stand out because if I said to be successful, you just need to do, for example, compound lifts. If you want to get strong, do compound lifts. Yeah. All the accessory move, like, remove the fluff. That's all it takes. It'll take three years to get healthy. No one's going to buy the program. Of course. But, hey, you know, do an upside-down uh, plank and hold your body and... Eat no, at the same time. That's like what sells. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And it's literally the basics. Even like when I'm working in the gym now, it's like I just bring it down to the basics. Mm. But what would what's going to speak for you is your results. Because the guy doing backflips is not going to get results. Yeah. The guy doing the basics is going to get results. Yeah. You know, uh, boxing, you know. I've had, you know, my fair share of like training in boxing and coaching and things like this. But some of the best boxing coaches, you go to old school boxing place. Yeah. Make you skip ab exercises. You spar, you do the drills a million times over. It's simple things over a long building habits, you know, and sticking to this being consistent, the habits that, that builds, you know, greatness or builds good quality stuff. Uh-huh. No, you know, it's like, it's uh, even in calligraphy, like you just repeat the same letter. Mm. See, if you don't, if you're not committed to it, if you're just interested in it, you won't go far with it. Sure. You know, so like calligraphy, like, if you don't appreciate, like if you can't do the alif one million times, then you're going to get frustrated. Mm. Just throw it away. You know, jiu-jitsu. I love jiu-jitsu because of the principle. Like I, at the start of jiu-jitsu, when I started jiu-jitsu, I hated it. Because yeah. I was like, these guys are just taking advantage of me. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, and I used to strike and things like this. But then I had, there's a guy named Pedro Sauer, amazing uh, guy in, in uh, jiu-jitsu. He had, I had a seminar with him, changed my life. Yeah. Again, I saw his personality, how he built. He's seventy something years old. He's tapping out people. He just he's, uh. he's like use leverage. You understand? He understands so many components of jujitsu that you can't beat him. He has too many tools in his in his bag, right? Mm. Then I understood. All right, it's about how you breathe. It's about space. It's about how to use leverage against the person. Mm. Then I started to love uh, jujitsu. Yeah. I've been doing it for so long now, on and off, and like even like so, it's just sticking to something for long. You know, jujitsu is something that. The mental side of it is just as hard as the physical. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you've done calligraphy since you said you were eight. Mm. You've been into fitness yeah. and like you're pretty good at it, obviously. Like compared to like okay. your, your <laughs> PT, you know, yeah. like you, that's a skill or a hobby that alhamdulillah comes easy for you. I'm not too sure how you were at BJJ. How was it when you first got there to BJJ and you got probably tapped out by a 70 year old or whatever? Like, how'd yeah. you cope with not being good at something compared to other areas in your life which you might have picked up much better? It's, yeah, it makes, I told you it was frustrating at the start. Yeah. But then it was like I need to find like what's what's the, what's the secret behind this, right? And when I trained, I trained, I trained. Nothing worked. Like it didn't work out. Like it was like still you're telling me because they teach you a technique. They're telling you put your leg here, put your leg here, thing, and do it. Mm. I go to do it to someone, doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need patience. Bro. So until I found that, like until I went to that seminar, that's what changed everything. And now, like if when I roll. I'm just a blue belt, but like mm. even when I roll, it's like I know that I have an advantage on a lot of other people because yeah. of the principles. 
You know, sometimes I'm wrong, I'm just closing my eyes, people are like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Feeling the person, feeling the connection to the body, feeling yeah. the, feeling the ground. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, they close your eyes. You know, and I have, I have like, uh, a good friend of mine. She started jiu-jitsu, right? Mm. And then now she's, like, she, she, she went all in, but she, like, she was so structured. She knows, she knows all these moves and stuff like that. And so we were chatting the other day, and she's like, you know this move? Because she's going for it. It's like, do you know this move? And I go, no. What about this move? No. And how you been doing it for so long? And I'm like, yeah, because like I just, I know principles. I know how to do the thing, but I don't know yeah. the names of it. Mm. It's I like Tajweed and stuff. Huh? Like Tajweed rules. Yeah, it's Sometimes like Tajweed. you don't have to know the actual name of the rule, but if you know Tajweed, it's kind of, yeah. 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 yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. SubhanAllah. Jazakallah khairan for coming on. But yeah, honestly, thanks, it guys. It's been amazing. It really does. Um, it. Where can people find you? Obviously, you said you on social media, Facebook. On social media? Yeah, because obviously you're going overseas too, just in case people want to keep Man, it. Man, it's so funny. Is my Instagram still the O movement? Yeah, 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 still yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been off social media for a little bit. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get back on. Inshallah. But uh, inshallah. So on Instagram, the, and then O-M-V-M-N-T, the O movement. Okay. Um, Inshallah well, I'm we'll mostly on Instagram yeah, Inshallah, inshallah we'll if I You know If I uh, end up Doing this YouTube thing Yeah get yeah. back on yeah. it. We'll promote inshallah. you anyway And inshallah If you come down so again We can maybe make a YouTube video Go to the gym Or something Definitely. like that You know Maybe do yeah. bouldering And bouldering yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Alhamdulillah inshallah. Looking forward to that <laughs> Sounds good Thank you very much everyone for listening. Hope you guys had a nice New Year's Eve. Um, thank you guys also for letting us hit 2K subs. It oh, means beautiful, a lot. Inshallah. So yeah, 2022. Thanks guys.